It's Destiny the Show 51. We had a two-part weekly update, a hotfix that changed 402 attack weapons. What? All that and more coming up. You're listening to Destiny the Show. Welcome, Guardians. What is up, everybody? It is BBK Dragoon here with Destiny, the show. I cannot believe it. We are one week away from show 52, one week away from Destiny, the show, turning one year old. My good friend and co-host Diddy is here. Can you believe it, man? No, I can't. And in two weeks will be my first anniversary because you did the first episode solo cast. That's right. Yeah, if you guys want to know, like, I'll tell you more next week, but the start of Destiny the Show had some, like, funny things. I bought the website domain literally hours before I was going on a trip, and then it evolved <laughs> into this thing where we've got an awesome community, and it's, yeah, it's cool. I'm happy. I'm stoked. How was your week, Diddy? I'm trying to stay cool in the Texas weather. It's not working too well. <laughs> How hot is it there? Uh, it's only in the mid 90s but without a cloud in the sky it really bears down on you and like we're only almost in july haven't even hit 100 degree weather yet and i cannot uh, that can wait that can if that doesn't come this summer i'll be so happy i hate the heat i love the winter because computers and xboxes operate like (laughs) heaters but in the summer it's like oh my gosh this is ridiculous, man. And most places in Colorado don't have AC. Like when we record the show, I turn the AC unit off. So I'm going to get progressively hot and angry as this show continues. What'd you play this week? Um, a little bit more League of Legends than Destiny, I'll be honest. Uh, trials this week in Destiny was um, interesting. I lost more than previous weeks because the way the map was, it was... It took a lot more team coordination, I felt. I took two full swings at it, and every time around game eight, we lost our mercy and we lost. And I didn't get a flawless on my two attempts. I might try again today, but I would agree. I would definitely say that there are way less people playing Trials in terms of the first few weeks, you had a wider group of skill curve to choose from, whereas these days, it always would devolve into three Thorn users and man, it just is very hard to to fight against that, you know? Yeah, I mean, using Red Death, that's what I usually do in Trials to counteract Thorn. But 1v1 against the Thorn, I can usually win, you know, with Red yeah. Death. It can stop the dot. But if I'm trying to 2v1 with Red Death, that is, there's no way that's going to happen. Because Thorn will win every single time. So... Fingers crossed for that Thorn nerf pretty soon. I hope so, man. I want to talk about that later, but we probably won't get the time. <laughs> each each of the cards we got our eight or nine wins. It just didn't be a flaw, wasn't a flawless. I don't really, I don't need to go anymore to Mercury. I have everything that I would want that's adept. Maybe that rocket launcher adept would be pretty cool, but even then, yeah. The I don't only know. well, I mean, the rocket launcher if you buy it from uh, Brother Vance, Vance it yeah. still has an elemental damage on it. So that's, that's still, you know, it's still a really good rocket launcher. But the only reason I want to go to the lighthouse now is to get that exotic chance. Yeah, so Yalahorn chance, because that's where exactly. Vito got his Yalahorn. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> I, wanted, I want a chance at a Galahorn or something else. Yeah. Well, I think that's all that happened in my week and your week. So why don't we hop into the news? Jumping in. News! Up first, we have the Destiny hotfix that very few people talked about, and I was like, I was crazy about this when it came out. So, 
They adjusted 402 attack weapons that were acquired in the demo down to 365. Yeah, they were weapons that people had that were attack 402. Like, what? How do we not know about this, Diddy? How is this not a bigger deal? I don't understand. Like, I don't I don't know what the Destiny demo is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> obviously, I kind of know what it is. It's a demo of Destiny on the Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. But I haven't played it myself. I don't. I didn't know that that existed. 402 weapons? Why? Why would it be 402? It doesn't make any sense to me. If you took that into Iron Banner, dude, you would definitely feel a difference. Well, see, that's the thing. If in the demo version of Destiny, can you play PvP? Can you do anything other than story missions? It said weapons acquired in the demo. So I don't know if your weapons in the demo carry over to your character because I want the demo now. Do you remember back (laughs) when Dark Below came out? The demo had something weird where uh, they were getting... Well, Husk of the Pit, like really easily, weren't they? That was where the first Husk of the Pit came from, I thought, was the demo. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. They were getting multiple drops over and over and over again. And people were like, I have the regular Destiny. Is it going to drop for me? You know, that was that was really weird. It might be worth installing a demo of this <laughs> game just to see if we can get some exploits going. Uh, the other thing that they did with the hotfix was they removed passage coins from the lighthouse chest reward. So if you go to the lighthouse, you no longer would have the chance to get passage coins from the reward chest. And they also added a chance for passage coins to be awarded after losing matches in Trials of Osiris. That's really positive uh, change because a lot of times players, when they don't get their flawless, they want to go again. And every time they try and go again, they might not have the passage coins they need to purchase the boons. Or Isn't that what they're called, the boons? Yeah, it makes sense because every time you went to the lighthouse and you opened that big chest you would get nine passage coins regardless like every Mm -hmm. single time and all three of the boons that's nine passage coins that you spend so you basically get your passage coins back for going flawless so um, in my mind it didn't really make much sense you know no why am i still getting these because i just i'm just going to keep accumulating them but now that they've changed it, you know, I'm not going to keep accumulating passage coins unless I lose. So I think that's a nice change. Yeah, and it didn't get talked about much. So that was the hot fix. Obviously, the big drama of the week was explored in our two-part weekly update from Bungie. The first part happened on Wednesday evening from Deej, and then the follow-up was Thursday from Deej as well. So we're going to go over each part. Part one opened with Luke Smith apologizing for the way he came off in the Eurogamer interview. If you're unaware of that drama, you know what's funny is... We recorded the show last Sunday. We promoted an interview with Luke Smith with Giant Bomb, and it was a really good interview. And then, just a few days later, all Armageddon broke loose after the Eurogamer interview with Luke Smith. So I hope listeners weren't confused from last week. We were talking about two very separate interviews. You know what I'm saying, Diddy? Yeah, exactly. And I think the main difference is the Eurogamer article was just text. And we didn't see, you know, we didn't hear Luke Smith's tone. We didn't hear how he was coming across. We just read about it, you know. And when you read about things, you can't really tell how they're saying it. So that was, I think, a lot of the confusion in terms of, you know, whoa, hey, I was just kidding, guys. And that was kind of uh, what Luke Smith was talking about in his apology. It was a very heartfelt apology in that weekly update. And um, I look forward to hearing more from Luke Smith. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. You know, he worked for Kotaku for a short period of time, community manager for Halo 3 back in the day. And as, this is kind of how Luke Smith has always been, or at least that's the way it's appeared. He's always had sort of a, a bit of sarcasm and a biting edge. It just came at a really bad time. I'm not going to defend or take <laughs> yeah. a stance on either side because this is an issue that people are very angry and on both ends of the spectrum. 
but he did apologize for the Eurogamer interview, and we were given the option now to purchase the Collector's Edition items as a $20 upgrade. Now, most people say $20, what are in the Collector's Edition items? We're talking about the digital ones. We're not talking about the physical Collector's Edition items. So let's be as clear as possible. The digital Collector's Edition items are three class items that give an XP bonus, three emotes, and it's uh, shaders, right? And is that it? Uh, Yes. Okay. And those were locked away if you wanted to buy the $80 collector's edition, and that was the only way to do it. So this option is a nice bit for players who are year one players who want to get those collector's edition item goodies without having to spend $80 and basically rebuy content. That's That was the victory here, but people didn't see it as a victory. So the exciting part for people who wanted these items who were year one players is like, yay, I can get these now. And I don't have to rebuy content because prior to this, you had to basically rebuy content in the form of the $80 collector's edition. Now, the counter argument to this after the apology is like, oh, so you apologize and then tell us we have to pay $20 for overpriced content. But I mean, did you want to lay down like the league skins, how much wow skins are, how much hearthstone skins are? Yeah, so I understand League of Legends is a free-to-play game and their entire business model is run off of these microtransactions, but it's and I kind of I'm I was kind of flaming Halo 5 for having microtransactions for this exact reason. Um, but League skins, I'll pay $10 for a single League skin for a single champion and I'll be content because I'm getting my money's worth because of how much of the game that I play. And with these shaders or these digital collector's edition items it makes sense that they're twenty dollars so if we get for people who have vanilla destiny and all the expansions we're paying forty dollars for the taken king think about that people who don't own destiny paying sixty dollars for vanilla destiny the two expansions and the taken king sixty dollars that's without the digital collector's edition if you get the collector's edition that's eighty dollars and you're getting all of these digital collector's editions items with the physical items and stuff like that. Yep. With Vanilla Destiny, the two expansions, and the Taken King. So it's it's they're valuing these digital collector's edition items by that jump. It is twenty dollars extra than the standard Taken King and Destiny combo. And they're just taking the difference and putting those digital collector's edition items out for sale as a standalone. Yeah. In my mind by that by that logic it makes total sense you know whether you think $20 or these items are worth $20 that's up to you but that as as a logistical standpoint that's just how they're pricing it and it makes sense to me yeah okay so world of warcraft you buy the game you pay a subscription and they sell in-game items like mounts mounts are $25 in wow okay <laughs> and i am a, a little bit ashamed to say this i own one of those $25 mounts but i wanted it it's a two-headed fell reaver. It's got jetpacks and does backflips, and I wanted it. It was a total waste of $25 to somebody who doesn't find it valuable, but to somebody who played WoW and like wanted that enjoyment, it was valuable to me, so I did it. Now, when I look at these $20 items and I ask myself, is that really worth it? Does it cost them 20 of my dollars to make that? No. Collector's edition items are always overpriced. Did you know the Halo 5, like, super collector's edition? That's $250. Now, to a super fan, they want that. That matters to them. To me, it doesn't. And I'm probably not even going to spend the $20 to purchase these extra items because they might not have enough value for me. The victory here that gets lost in the 
the, uh, I guess the sea of controversy is that Destiny made a switch, or Bungie slash Activision, whoever made the money-making decisions, made a switch to where players don't have to repurchase content if they want to buy the collector's edition items. I think that sums it up well. Did I miss anything? Nope. I think we hit the nail on the head, in my opinion. The last bit of the weekly update was the year one player rewards, which is a new sparrow, a new shader, and a new emblem. And they're all black, and they look really cool. And the emblem looks like Deej's, um the shirt he wore during the Trials of Osiris. Like, <laughs> I guess blazer. it's a jacket. Yeah. Blazer, yeah. During the Trials of Osiris stream on Twitch, which was really cool looking. And they look nice. And these are for people who, oh gosh, do you remember what the... <laughs> I'm pulling it up now just so I can make sure I say who gets it and why they get it. What do you think that they look like? Or what do you think about them as I look this up? It, they look good in my they look they look nice they look very clean very polished and very special in my opinion now a lot of people are going to be like well everybody's going to have one no because if you think about it in terms of the long run in five years when people are just starting to play destiny because you know those people exist and you have this item they're going to be like wow how did you get that stuff and be like i was year one like I played vanilla Destiny and I got these items. That's the only way to get it. And they're going to be super special at that point in the game. They're not going to be special in September because, yes, most of the people playing Destiny are already going to have that stuff because they played year one. They're going to be special the longer you play Destiny, or more special the longer you play Destiny. I think they look really good. Yep. Here's the two ways you can get them. If you have a light level 30 Guardian before August 30th, you are eligible. Or, if you've picked up and played both Dark Below and House of Wolves before August 30th, you're a VIP, you're going to get these. Now, there's a number been floating around saying, hey, if you've played Taken King before February, you're also going to get these. I don't think that's true, to be honest, because I've covered this on Planet Destiny, and I just covered it in the weekly update, and they've nixed that. I do believe these rewards are truly only going to people who are light level 30 before August 30th, or if you picked up both expansions. Yes, I have read the thing where it's like, hey, February, if you've played Taken King by February, you're going to get this too. But that's not in the weekly update. That hasn't been mentioned elsewhere. So I think that may have been something that they're sweeping under the rug. Who knows? I'm not 100% sure. That's the end of part one. Part two of the weekly update uh, was not very contentful. The Destiny Companion app is getting some updates coming soon. You can now update your profile status on Bungie.net. So you can say, I'm looking for a raid crew. That's not a feature that's useful to me, but maybe for somebody out there, it is. And then Android updates are coming to uh, the companion app, which I know nothing about. Diddy, do you know about the Android version? Nope. I'm a Windows phone, so I'm left out of all companion app discussions. So, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, (laughs) and that's part two. Then they go over the tech thread where they talk about error codes and stuff in the community video of the week the link for that will be on our website destinytheshow.com bungee day is coming soon if you're a longtime halo player you'll know that july 7th is bungee day the number seven means something to bungee it's always been a metaphor not metaphor a reoccurring motif something that shows up in a lot of their games and their work and it's july 7th in the past i remembered Halo Reach, if you staked some of the bungee developers who were playing in the team slayer playlist you got something sent to you? I cannot remember. I don't remember either. I have a video of it from years ago, <laughs> and I beat a team that was the Bungie players, but we didn't stake them, so it didn't didn't Staking count. is beating 
a team 50 to 30 at least. Did you know that Denial staked EG earlier today in the HCS? Dang. 50 to 30. It nice. was brutal. That's but uh, EG went on to go to the grand finals. I don't know what the results are because as a recording, it's not done. So <laughs> Bungie Community Day is coming soon. Keep your eyes out. They're most likely going to be doing something fun and maybe giving us a cosmetic item like the jack-o'-lantern from the Halloween thing. Red Bull Quest. Do you want to take this one, Diddy? Buy a can of Red Bull with the Taken King branding, paraphernalia. Flame branding. Swords on branding. It. That's right. Yep. With Flame Sword on it. And you enter the code and you get access to um, what is it? The extra experience, the consumable for additional experience, 50% additional experience once the Taken King comes out and access to a new quest. Yes. And the new consumable is Focus Light. You get 30 minutes of 50% bonus to XP. Nothing new. They've done this with Call of Duty. They've done this with Halo. This has been around for a long time. And the epic new quest that's coming. Uh, never before seen multi-stage mission in the Taken King that will test the speed and strategic abilities of Destiny players in new ways. I also read that it's going to be Red Bull themed. So you're probably going to be doing extreme type stuff. Maybe like a Sparrow race or something. I don't know. The thing is, this quest is going to be available to everybody come January. Uh, it seems like bad timing for them to do this reveal, especially since the community was kind of reeling this week in terms of the pricing and the interview and the controversy that was coming about. But um, I don't know. This is not a hill I'm worth. I don't know. I'm not a hill that I would die on. It's it's whatever. It's cool, but whatever, you know? Yeah, and I think we will have additional Red Bull codes to give out during some future Destiny of the Show streams. So yes. we will let you know on Twitter if that happens or not. Yes, and you stream on Fridays. You do Trials of Osiris and PvP. I do, and we have some new Twitch shows in the works. So yes. in the coming months, we'll have some additional Twitch content that won't just be on Fridays. We'll have additional days as well. So yes. stay tuned. And Red Bull Code giveaways. So Polygon posted an article this week saying Destiny the Taken King is more like Halo in terms of its story. Yes, they got to play the first mission of the Taken King at E3 behind closed doors. And in the article, they basically state that within the first mission, they had already experienced more story elements than the entire vanilla Destiny experience. Is that right? That's what they said. Yes. And they've said the story is taking cues from its Halo roots and bringing it full circle and trying to improve the story. For players who haven't played Halo, or for those that have, let's remind them what Halo did in terms of the scale and scope of their stories. Why did Halo do such a good job in terms of its campaigns over the years? What are, what are some standout highlights for you? In my opinion, it's the fact that the character we play, the Master Chief has such an influence on world and universe events. Yes. Does that make sense? Like, Oh, yeah. I am stopping the Covenant Armada because I need to stop the Halo rings from destroying the universe. Yeah. That makes sense to me. In Destiny, Vanilla Destiny, I'm going to this one place, killing these dudes because Rasputin is defending itself. Like, and who's Rasputin? Who's you Rasputin? Know? He's a he's an AI, right? Yep. He's a planetary AI, defensive AI or something, whatever. Why? Why is exactly. he there? Why does he exist? And why do I care that I need to defend him? None of those questions were answered. In the Halo franchise, obviously we're pretty early in Destiny's franchise development, but in Halo CE, we knew what the Halo rings were. 
you know, yeah. we knew why we needed to stop them. It introduced all of the enemies and we knew why we needed to take them out. That make that made sense to me. And, and there was intrigue that continued. You know what you're saying? Like Halo CE opens with you being attacked by the bad guys, the Covenant. You know from the very get-go that there's this dire conflict going on. Then you crash land on the ring. You don't even know what the ring's purpose is, but you're compelled. They take you through this beautiful landscape, but show off some forerunner structures. And you're like, what on earth is this place? What is this environment? Later in the campaign, you find out what the rings are for, and you need to stop it. And right as you're in the middle of that big conflict, they throw another enemy at you, the Flood, which has its own backstory and lore. And these are characters that you care about. You know who Johnson is, you know who the Chief is, you know who Cortana is, and you know who Keys is. In Destiny, the characters are fairly flat. I would say that House of Wolves, Skolos, Varix, and Petra are characters that are less flat. I think they can still Mm -hmm. improve upon them. They have more depth, definitely. The queen, in my opinion, is the best character in Destiny, the vanilla story. She's the character I want to know the most about, and we know the least about. I'm excluding Grimoire because I want to see storytelling in-game and not have to rely upon out-of-game reading or lore videos to fill in those gaps. I don't think taking the Dark Souls approach is the best option for Destiny. Yeah, I would totally agree. And if we're comparing the first mission of Halo to Destiny, I mean, that's a pretty big comparison. But like you said, there is an obvious threat that we need to eliminate. In Destiny, it's similar. There is an obvious threat, but we don't know why. In Halo, we are Marines. We are in the military. We are fighting the enemy. That makes total sense. Destiny, you resurrected me from the dead, and now I have to run away from these evil dudes. And I have to get to the tower to speak to the speaker about the traveler. Who are they again? Yep. You know, it's there's a lot of confusion in terms of the Destiny universe. And it sounds like this Polygon article, what, what they said about the Taken King expanding on the story or being less confusing, it makes more sense. And this article was posted on Destiny subreddit and the top comment was from a guy in, or, or girl, in Games Media. And they said... I Commander Zavala talked to me and my guardian talked back. There was interaction yeah. between characters, between my character and someone else in the Destiny universe. And so that's where I think they're going to go. They're going to have our characters interact with other people and not just have our ghosts say, we've heard the legends about the Black Garden. Like, what? No, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. Tell me more. So exactly. I'm really excited about those kinds of stuff. Totally. I think you bring up a good point there. In Halo campaigns, you generally had NPCs that would fight with you. And I don't know why there are no friendly characters that are NPCs that join you in battle. I know it's a stranger. It's a stranger. But she never joins you. She's just (laughs) a cutscene element. Like part of the fun of those grand scale encounters in Halo 3 when you're taking down the scarabs on the beach is the fact that you've got all these rocket mongoose bros that are helping you out. You have pelicans flying overhead or whatever. I can't, hornets flying overhead fighting with banshees. And it creates this really cool experience where you're fighting together with your teammates. I understand Destiny is different in terms of it's more akin to a looter shooter, like maybe a Borderlands or it's got Diablo roots, but it also has MMO tendencies to it. And MMOs can tell a really good story. I'm almost through the vanilla portion of Final Fantasy XIV, and I'm blown away because it's one of the best stories I've ever played 
in an MMO and it's like a good story based game yet I'm still interacting with all these MMO archetypes with all of these structures it still works and can fill in both places and Destiny totally has the opportunity and potential to do so Bungie has 10 years of extremely successful campaign shooters to look back upon the Mm -hmm. Halo campaigns all three of them I'm not going to include Reach or ODST because they're sort of outside of the Master Chiefs like saga all three are highly praised amongst critics. They did very well in terms of their single player. And so I'd like to see that push more into Destiny. Uh, Yeah, and I think we need to address the fact, some people are going to say, you know, it's going to be different story writers from the Halo franchise and the Destiny franchise. And yeah, we understand that, but Bungie is a company known for their world-renowned games, and they should have a certain standard. And we also need to mention the fact that um, the old writer from Bethesda, right? He w- wrote for Oblivion. I believe he's so. he works at Bungie now. Like we mentioned that a few months ago on the podcast. You know, this was a big step in Destiny's lore department. So maybe that he had something to do with the House of Wolves storyline. That's why it was a little bit more in depth, and that's where the Taken King is going to be. I'm expecting a lot more lore and a lot more story in the Taken King now, and I'm really excited about it. Totally. In response to improving the story, you pulled out this great Reddit Reddit article about patrol missions that could advance your faction, if your faction actually had a quest line to it. So what is this post about? Well, I actually wrote the article on Reddit. Oh, did you really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's me right there. Oh, please do. All right. (laughs) So I know the most about this article, (laughs) this post. Um, Basically, the idea is once we get to light level... It doesn't even matter. Once we get to the tower, there are these faction vendors that exist in the Destiny universe, and we have no idea why they exist other than the fact that they give me red and white shaders, blue, red, and yellow shaders, or black and white shaders. And that doesn't make any sense. Like, why do they exist? I want to know more about the faction. And this post is introducing the idea that what if a faction vendor, the way the patrol missions work right now, you can go do kill everything enemies or collect everything from enemies or scan this place or scout this place or kill this VIP. And whoever gives you the patrol mission is a tower of vendors, the Cryptarch, the Future War Cult, Dead Orbit, Cade 6 for Vanguard. They give you the patrol missions, but the reputation that you gain doesn't matter unless you're wearing a faction item, right? Yeah, It doesn't matter that the Dead Orbit patrol guy is giving me a patrol mission if I'm wearing my New Monarchy class item. I'm going to get New Monarchy reputation for completing the Dead Orbit guy's patrol mission. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So this idea is the faction vendors have a one of three quest lines or storylines that we can acquire per week. Mm-hmm. And... Once we pick up that quest line, when we go into the patrol area, one of the two or three patrol missions are swapped with the New Monarchy storyline. And I follow that particular patrol mission to maybe kill the VIP in the new area. Once I complete that guy, I pick up the next New Monarchy patrol mission in that area. And I just continue around patrolling Cosmodrome, the Moon, Venus, wherever completing the new monarchy's specific patrol mission quest lines and at the end of it i'll get a new monarchy reputation boost or faction item 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 do the item don't do any more of this random ranking up stuff i want 
desirable would, reward from my faction. Give it to me, and here's how I get it. You know. Yeah, it would give players motivation to actually invest time in the faction that they want, and it would give them more back, give more backstory to the faction itself. Like, yeah, why do I want to associate myself with Dead Orbit over New Monarchy, or vice versa? Yeah, and you and just do voiceover to explain that. It doesn't even have to be as like in depth or need, as expensive as a cutscene. You cut don't scene. need cutscenes. Yeah, you. It's it's something as simple as a voiceover as the patrol missions are. It's yeah. it's. I mean, we say simple, but it just seems like it would be that simple. And you know, some people are saying uh, I've got some great responses on that post. So thank everybody. I thank everybody who has done that. But we had the idea of you know, not a guaranteed shader at the end of the story mission because then that would make them too common and some people like the rarity of them. But maybe once you complete enough of those patrol missions, introduce a mentor missive like the Mm -hmm. exotic weapon bounties we have right now. Yeah. Mentor missives for faction vendors. Totally. Like we would have the option of one of four mentor missives and that would give us one of the four shaders and that would be another quest line in and of itself. I love it. That would make very well thought out. That would that would make sense. So it would just give more depth to the factions in the tower. Like right now, I don't care which one I'm doing because yeah. I'm just going to get shards and helium filaments anyways. That doesn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. Yeah. Well thought out, man. I would vote for you. If you ever Thank run you. for Bungie office, <laughs> you would have my backing here. Uh, as we wrap up, I'm going to do a quick note to a Forbes article that was written by Paul Tassie. This guy writes a lot of articles for Forbes Gaming. And he's usually very on point. We've quoted many of his articles on previous shows here before. The article is titled Destiny's Activision Problem. It's just a game, not a revenue stream. It's a lengthy article that talks about what happened this week. So if you were confused at all about the controversy or of any of the things we brought up, take the time to read this article. I think everybody listening should take the time to read this article. And he talks about Activision's other giant IPOs, or not IPOs, but their franchises, IPs. <laughs> uh, you can tell it's the end of the show. And how they generate revenue. One of those being the behemoth that is World of Warcraft, where you have to buy the game, buy the expansion, and on top of that, pay $15 a month. He breaks down the pricing of how much Destiny is. And even though it's not taking the method of a subscription model, players are essentially paying 70 to $80 for a year's worth of DLC. When he actually does the math... Destiny, if it was a subscription shooter and you've been playing since day one, the game is free to play and you've paid $8 a month. That's basically how much you have paid to play the game from the start. And that's excluding the cost of purchasing the game. It's just a number that's used to kind of explain his point here. And I'm going to read the last few articles, uh, the last few paragraphs here, uh, because I, I liked it and I think that people should at least take the time to read it and kind of understand where it comes from in terms of Activision looks for revenue streams. And this is a way that they're monetizing Destiny. So here we go. And I quote, Wall fans have to adjust their expectation about what's fair. Bungie also has a responsibility to not gloat that they've cultivated such a loyal player base. They're proud of that fact, but sometimes it can feel like they have their most dedicated players on a hook, and they know it. That's what came across in the Luke Smith interview, even if it wasn't intentional. I'd say it came across in the apology as well, and the notion that players only have to now spend $20 extra for the emote package instead of a $40 was a boneheaded solution. But Bungie needs to avoid weeks like this, like the plague in the future. 
Bungie, have more honest conversations with fans about your goals for the game, even your revenue goals, and make them understand how game development works. Fans, sometimes you're right to be angry, but sometimes you have to shut up and listen too. The common thread here is that everyone, Bungie and its fans, want Destiny to succeed. Bungie has to realize certain things are going to obviously upset fans. And fans have to realize that a game like this is going to need to generate serious cash in some way or another to survive and thrive. Let's live and learn together. And that's the end of the quote. Uh, Diddy, what are your thoughts on this article since you've gone through it? It makes total sense to me. Only $8 a month between the launch of Destiny and now? Hell yeah. I would gladly pay that subscription fee. Like, that is so cheap. And free opinion. to play. Let's clarify again. This In this hypothetical situation that he's saying here, like, you didn't buy any other thing other than $8 a month to pay this play this game for this yeah. long. $8 a month gives you Vanilla Destiny and all of the expansions and all of the updates without any additional fees, and it's only $8 a month. That makes... That's so easy. Like, that is $2 a week. I can I can spend $2 a week easily on a video game. I will spend, even if I only spent two hours a week playing Destiny, that is still worth my money. Mm-hmm. Because, like, oh my gosh, that makes, that blows my mind that it's only $8 a month. And it just makes sense because I have over, like, 900 hours in Destiny since the alpha. And, you know, some people are in the thousands, right? Yeah. And people in the thousands complaining about this price and i'm like dude you've gotten your money's worth in destiny like why are you still complaining because you've played this game four times it's worth and i don't know i mean people you know i understand financial situations arise where you need to you know monetize or whatever plan financial situations and i'm just like but you've gotten your money's worth from this point up until this point you know it just makes sense, and that's blows my mind. Eight dollars a month, I pay more for internet. I mean, come on, that's yeah, yeah. I'll do it. I'm taking the other side of the coin, and just gonna say, I know European players are getting screwed from the price tag. Like, I'm not gonna take the stance and try and be somebody I'm not. I don't know how the tax code or the conversion rates occur, but I know there is a significant markup for players who are not in the U.S. So understand, we're talking from the U.S. perspective. Me personally. Uh, This week got blown out of proportion, but I think it represents a lot of underlying emotions that Destiny players have and that have built up over time. I don't think I can ever say Activision's pricing models are incredible for the consumer, and it's only looking out for you. No, Activision tends to, with their games and their franchises, build pricing models that benefits them. At the end of the day, only the players can decide if it's worth it for them or not. And again, I encourage you to read this article because I think there is two sides to the coin this week i did not feel like bungie came off as loving their community in terms of the longtime players and it just felt like a weird pr week at the same time i think the community got really up in arms about this and they have every right to yeah everybody's entitled to their opinion i'm taking the middle road i'm playing it patiently and i'm gonna see what is in the taken king and make up my own mind because with house of wolves man we had a full month of streams showing us what was actually in it and i expect nothing less with the taken king so I'm just going to wait and make up my own mind as time pushes forward. My two cents. Yours? That's the responsible consumer's way of going about things. So I applaud you and I will follow in your footsteps because at this point, I think we just need to take a step back, take a deep breath, calm down and just wait and just see what happens. You don't, we don't need to make decisions right now. Just see what happens. Yep. 
It's time for... It came from Twitter! It's part of the show where you can tweet us at Destiny the Show, and we will read your questions here on the program. At Hector7265 sent us a picture of his cat, and this is my new cat, he says. His name is Zur, because all he gives me is crap, and he shows up in random places. <laughs> Bravo. It's a very cute cat, by the way. At Dale Ward, 87, got the thorn today. Felt like I earned it. Should all exotics have a quest chain? I feel like exotics are thrown at you now. Oh, man, I don't know. If they did that, why would people play the game? If I could just get the Alahorn, I'd be done. <laughs> I know. Like, if if Bungie's been throwing me Gallahorns and I've been missing it, then, uh, man, I've been blind, apparently. They, they've given me a lot of hard lights. They can have them back. They've given me 14 hard lights. They really? can take all 14 back. Are you like, are you serious? I am dead serious. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. There was one week, two of my three nightfalls gave me hard light, and I was pissed. Mm. <laughs> I've got a few last words, too. Uh, I do like exotic quest chains. I don't think all of them should be that way. So We need more exotic quests, I'm saying. Like, in The Taken King, they need to just remove all of the old ones and make mm-hmm. those legacy items and just give us new exotics that would be so cool indeed at snout listen to this pieces and on the topic of the xbox players getting the ps exclusive stuff i'm worried that we will never experience the full awesomeness of the hawk moon worried that hand cannons will be nerfed and won't be useful by that time this blew my mind when i read this tweet snout i was like oh my gosh when we actually do get the playstation exclusive content hawk moon's probably going to be nerfed to oblivion like other hand cannons <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, the, I mean, the Monte Carlo still is already in that spot yeah. with the uh, with the auto rifle nerfs, and with the hand cannon nerfs coming up, I'm gonna assume they're gonna single out Thorn and the Last Word because those are the most oppressive in PvP at this time. Uh, if it was just Thorn, man. I'd be a happy camper. I'd be a happy camper. <laughs> At Ian Wood, there's so much they could learn from Final Fantasy XIV in order to make Destiny 100 times better. 24-man raids and hunting targets. And there's a lot of MMO elements from other games like Guild Wars 2 that Destiny could pick up. I just don't think you're going to see those changes happen with the technological limitations of old gen. You know, Diddy? Yeah. And last up is at Tweedle V. Question, if I purchase a digital copy of Destiny, my Guardians will transfer over, correct? I currently have a disc copy. If it's the same Xbox account, it should, right? Or PlayStation account? If it's the same account, then yes. If you're switching from 360 to Xbox One or PS3 to PlayStation 4, your character should transfer over just fine. As long as it's the same account. Yes. Okay, cool. Diddy, where can people find your content? twitch.tv slash destiny the show and twitter.com slash diddy dts d-i-t-t-y dts excellent you can follow us at destiny the show on twitter you can go to destiny the show.com for all the links from today and more make sure to go to twitch.tv slash destiny the show on fridays when diddy will be streaming around the time that trials of osiris goes live is usually when you go live right absolutely Remember to check out our friends at DestinyTracker.com, the leader for stats and in-depth knowledge, basically, for the Destiny universe, forums, videos, a top five series where you can submit your plays. Check it all out at DestinyTracker.com. You can follow me at BBKDragoon or YouTube.com slash BBKDragoon. Thank you, Guardians, very much. We look forward to talking with you next week on our one-year anniversary. (laughs) 